You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Right now we welcome in June Lee. He is a reporter for ESPN on ESPN.com. He's got an outstanding article about two guys on the baseball team. June, thanks for stopping by. Welcome. Thanks for having me on, Larry. Appreciate it. June, tell me about Tim Anderson and Lucas Giolito. Yeah, I mean, so so Tim Anderson is is the sh- is the shortstop for the Chicago White Sox. He's also the only black player uh, on the Chicago White Sox. The Chicago White Sox are located on the south side of Chicago, which is a neighborhood that is ninety three percent black. And so Tim Anderson not only is uh, you know he won the batting title last year, but he, so he's not only a, you know a, a very good baseball player, but he's also symbolically for the White Sox an incredibly important player. And, you know, given everything that's going on in the country right now, you know the conversations around race are incredibly pertinent. And, and so. Uh, last last season, when when Tim Anderson was kind of caught up in this bat flip scandal, um, which uh, you know, calling that a scandal, just given everything that's happening, is, is, is kind of uh, it's kind of funny. But um, yeah, I remember talking to Lucas Giolito after uh, kind of the media wave of everything that had happened. I kind of calmed down, and uh, Lucas kind of mentioned to me that he thought that Tim was one of the most misunderstood players in baseball, and uh, it really struck me. And just the way that he was talking about his relationship with Tim, it was clear that they had had a lot of deep discussions just about their families and their backgrounds. And obviously Lucas is, uh, he's from Los Angeles. Uh, he went to Harvard Westlake, which is in, uh, one of the top private high schools in, in California. And, and Tim is from uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama and played uh, college baseball at a community college before being drafted in the first round. So they came from two completely, you know, almost polar opposite backgrounds for, for the sport of baseball. Uh, and so, you know, the thing that really struck me between the two of them is that, they were just kind of frank and honest with each other, you know, when, when they're talking about their backgrounds and, and the, the, the race stuff, uh, everything that kind of surrounds, um, you know, what it means to be a black American today, and especially being a black baseball player today, a, a population that is declining within the sport. Um, they were just kind of honest with each other, and, and they got to know each other. And, and the thing that I – the sentiment that I kind of gathered from not only Lucas, uh, but also just people around the White Sox, uh, is that Tim's willingness to kind of be himself in that clubhouse has kind of brought that team together in a way uh, because he's kind of shows his personality that in a way that I think is kind of unusual for baseball. You know, baseball has so many underwritten rules that, that it kind of suppress personality, and Tim has kind of unapologetically been himself. And uh, and according to Lucas and, and just a lot of people around the White Sox, it's kind of allowed everyone else to, to be themselves as well and, and kind of approach these conversations around race and, and all these difficult conversations uh, that a lot of people around the country are having right now, kind of frankly, and it has kind of brought them closer together. You know, it's fascinating because baseball and, and for fans who don't understand that clubhouse is weird <laughs> because you've yeah, got guys all over, yeah. like, like June, you got guys all over the place. So it's just fascinating as to how, you know, Lucas and Tim would find each other. And of course, you know, look, guys, Guys, you know, gravitate to other guys. Usually it's, it's familiar, it's familiarity. Maybe we're some from the same place or we, we like the same movies or something like that. But th- you, it's almost like you could title this article, The Odd Couple, Find Each Other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think in many ways, I mean, you, you mentioned just kind of the, the cultural stuff. Baseball, I think the baseball club is more so than any other sport is very representative of just the American landscape and just the, the mixture mm. of cultures that you get within America. You, you know, you have the Latin guys, you have, Asian guys, you have white guys from the Northeast and the South and the and and the Midwest and and California. Uh, you have guys from all over the place, 
Um, so and everyone kind of coming together uh, to play 162 games together. Uh, and so you know when you walk into a clubhouse, again, it is definitely an odd place. And you know a lot, a lot of times you'll see kind of you know groups segregated along along racial lines, which I don't think is a, a secret. Uh, kind of among when you when you talk uh, just kind of around baseball, you know, like you said, guys kind of gravitate towards each other with familiar cultural backgrounds. But uh, Lucas, uh, especially, has always struck me as as a player who's very curious, uh, very intellectually curious, uh, and is likes asking questions. And so, um, I think that kind of opened the door for him and Tim to kind of have an honest dialogue. And uh, you know, this is a time, and I think in America, where where a lot of people need to have a, a very honest conversation about. Uh, just kind of, uh, you know, life and race and, and so many different factors that, that kind of play into team chemistry and, and just, you know, human-to-human interaction on a day-to-day basis. One of the fascinating things in your article was when you spoke to Tim Anderson about a tweet that Lucas sent out uh, with his comments about the, the tragedy with George Floyd. He said, I'm not surprised. So what 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 said, that said to me is that they've had, as you mentioned, some really in-depth conversation. The question, and this is pure speculation, June, you have no way of knowing, but I wonder if he would have, if, if Lucas would have been able to be as insightful as he was in the tweet, or would he have just given out as what some folks say, just the obligatory tweet? Sure. I mean, uh, to be to be fair to Lucas, uh, you know, he also has other other black friends as well. But mm-hmm. you no, know, I, I I think it's I think he, when I just from my conversations with him, you know, it's clear that his relationship with Tim and seeing what Tim Tim specifically means to you know young black baseball fans on the south side of Chicago, um, what he means to them, and and kind of Tim's adoption of of Chicago as his second hometown. Um, I, I think has has really inspired him and just the passion that he brings to the field every single day. And so, you know, at the end of the day, Lucas was one of the first white baseball players to tweet out a message supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, which, you know, if you had told me even just like two and a half weeks ago that baseball players would be tweeting out support of the Black Lives Matter movement, I would have called you crazy. Uh, And so I think that by itself is striking. And, you know, both Tim and Lucas were two of the first players to speak out about, uh, you know, the tragic uh, death of of George Floyd at the hands of the the Minneapolis Police Department. So, you know, baseball is not a sport where you see a lot of, people stepping up and talking about, uh, you know, current events and, and issues, uh, you know, things that potentially could rub people the wrong way. But, uh, I, you know, those two guys were uh, confident in their beliefs and, and were willing to come out and put themselves out online before, you know, it became a thing where brands were tweeting out Black Lives Matter messages. Uh, they really put themselves out there on the line compared to, you know, a lot of athletes in the, in the early days of, of everything that, that, that's been unfolding in our country. It's a fascinating statement, June. I'm going to ask you about it. June Lee is my guest. He writes for ESPN, has a great article on .com, White Sox, Tim Anderson, Lucas Giolito, inspired by their relationship. June, you said if I had said to you that baseball would have some folks responding to this situation, you would have thought I was, you would have thought I was crazy. Uh, is that part of the problem with baseball today? Is it that it's kind of in some ways is still part of their past and they haven't been able with players to kind of move forward from that standpoint, as well as, you know, the old days of you, you, you hit a home run off me. The next, the next guy gets drilled is, are they having trouble getting out of their own way? 
you know, I, I'm as a, I am a young baseball fan. I'm 25 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I honestly don't have very many friends who follow baseball nearly as closely as I do. And obviously, this is my job. But um, you know, there's there's not as many passionate baseball fans when you when you talk to young people. And you know, when when I talk to my friends, uh, the number one guy that everyone has looked up to uh, in terms of just the athletes that, that people root for in, in my generation, you know, people who were born in the 90s and later, um, it's LeBron James. And LeBron James has obviously been one of the most socially vocal athletes um, that, that we've seen in our time, and especially given his stature and his not only national fame, but international fame. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's where the culture has been headed for a while. Um, and I think baseball has been slowly catching up in the course of the last, like, year and a half or so. You've seen more young guys come up who grew up, you know, using Twitter, using Instagram, using social media, uh, and they're starting to speak out and put their opinions out there, putting their personalities out there. You know, at the beginning of this pandemic, you saw players, you know, voicing their opinions on Twitch and and connecting with fans Mm -hmm. through that. You know, when the MLBPA, uh, MLB negotiations started, you know, you saw Blake Snell speaking out about, um, about the entire situation on Twitch. You know, this kind of stuff is starting to happen within baseball. It's been extremely slow, but I think I think this is the beginning of, of seeing a, a more vocal generation of baseball players. It's fascinating, June, and and you know, it's really sad that baseball is having this billionaire millionaire argument squabble right now over whether they're going to play because this is a unique opportunity to have some to have some fun to get away from what you know baseball is normally like, where you have more teams and you could do different things with you know with with your playoff system and to to draw in fans of your age to to turn them on to a sport that's you know it's got some issues but it's not bad yeah i mean you know everyone is sitting at home right now and i think um you know baseball is in a really tenuous place because i think the 94 strike had a lot of um Mm -hmm. bad ramifications long term for the sport of baseball uh and i think you know i think buster only wrote this piece over the weekend just that you know, he, that he's kind of, that people are worried about the future of the game, you know, and whether, if, if baseball goes an entire calendar year uh, without having games and baseball works out of people's routines. And, you know, when you look at young kids today, you know, I have a, I have two, two nephews, one's in fourth grade, one's in first grade. Uh, they don't care about baseball. They care about video games. They care about Fortnite. They care about all these other, you know, uh, other ways to entertain themselves. There's so many other ways for people to entertain themselves. Baseball is not just competing with, uh, the other sports at this point. They're competing with uh, anything that's trying to get our attention. And, and so these kids are growing up with a lot of different ways to occupy their time. Uh, you know, I think in the summers, like it used to be baseball because there wasn't much anything else. Uh, but, you know, that isn't happening. And so for me personally, as someone who, who obviously cares a lot about baseball uh, and, and is a, you know, a, a young person, I guess, born in 1995, like it really does worry me about the future of the game, just seeing the lack of interest among my own peer group uh, and uh, and just you know, I, I I don't think that baseball can afford to to have no games for an entire calendar year because uh, now at the end of the day, the New York Times once said Mike Trout was only known by forty three percent of Americans, and that is an indictment on the sport. You know, one of the one of the five greatest, potentially one of the five greatest players of all time, uh, is not known by anybody uh, in the relative grand scheme of things compared to someone like LeBron James or, or Tom Brady. So. Um, I think that kind of sums up where baseball is, is just kind of being in the American cultural consciousness. It's an interesting point. June, does Tim Anderson see himself as a guy who can kind of turn things around? I mean, this is a steady 
drop in in the uh, amount of African Americans who are playing the sport. Is he a guy along with like your, you know, your, your Aaron judges and guys like that who see their role is to try to, you know, get more African Americans involved in the sport? Yeah. I mean, this is something that Tim is, is extremely passionate about. I think when the pandemic started, he, he went on a zoom call with a bunch of like Chicago Southside little leaguers, you know, predominantly black, young kids and talking to them and inspiring them because, you know, they all look up to Tim because he's the only black guy on, on the White Sox. Um, you know, he, he clearly takes on the burden of, of that kind of responsibility, that, that the cultural responsibility, um, you know, he, he feels that because he's, he's the only black guy on the White Sox that he, he should be himself. Um, and so it, it's, uh, he, 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 he's kind of a cultural change agent, you know, like he grew up playing basketball, did not really care about the unwritten rules. And so when he got to the major leagues and was kind of pretty successful out of the gate, people kind of let him be himself. And I think that's rubbed off positively on a lot of teammates. Well, that's a good thing because him being himself, June, which is what a lot of us need to do when we're having that conversation is the ability to say, Hey, look, this is who I am. I'm approachable. All right. And I'll be honest with you. If you say something I don't like, I'm going to tell you about it. If you say something that, you know, you have a question about, I'm going to answer that question. And I think that openness opens up the lines of communication. June is what's something we really need together to try to turn things around in this country. Absolutely. I mean, just to your point, like, I think, I think the important thing in just having these conversations, these difficult conversations about race is just coming to the table and bringing a hundred percent of yourself and not being ashamed of your, of who you are and, and, and speaking up when you don't, when you don't know what you're talking about, if you have questions, asking for resources, asking for uh, seeking out more information. Um, it is okay to change your opinion as when you get new information, you know, if, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think people are afraid to be wrong nowadays, especially with like Twitter cancel culture. Um, but it's okay to be wrong and to learn stuff. Um, and, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this is, you know, I, it really struck me when just talking to Tim and Lucas, just about how much mutual respect they had for each other. And the thing that really struck me about both of them was that, you know, when each of them had questions uh, for one another, they knew that it was in the best intentions, right? Because they just wanted to get to know each other better. So if, if there was an awkward situation, they were able to work through it because there was a level of trust, a level of empathy, and, and uh, you know, a level of desire to understand one another. I think, I think that's a lesson that a lot of people around the country can take right now. There's no question about it. And, and the key thing is trust, right? And trust is built through the communication. That is an interesting Chicago White Sox clubhouse. June, do they have a shot of making uh, some noise if they if we play baseball this year? They've got a lot of interesting young players. I mean, uh, between I mean between uh, just those two guys, Giolito, you know, the young guy, Keiko has come in, uh, Dallas Keiko has come in, and, uh, you know, you have, you have fun young players like Luis Robert. Uh, there's a lot of interesting young talent on the White Sox. Um, you know, if I was to kind of, if I was a if I was a gambling man and wanted to put future bets on on who might be a good team to bandwagon for two years down the road, uh, the, the the Chicago White Sox I think would be a, a pretty fun at least at least a fun bet. June, great job! It's an excellent article. It's a, it's it's a good read, and it's right on time for what we're going through today. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me on. You got it, June Lee from ESPN.com. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.